What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And after a long awaited awaited departure from podcasting, we are back about 10 days later. I wouldn't say it's that long, you know, 10 days, it's a long time without podcasting. And, you know, we're going to keep up with this trend of college basketball. So this will probably be one of the last ones we do for the for a while. But, you know, figured we'd give you a Michigan State season recap. Obviously, we know how this season went. It was not very good at all. Lucky we made it into the tournament. And yes, we made the tournament. Michigan State was a NCAA tournament team. To all you Michigan haters out there, we were a NCAA tournament team. We can hang the banner. 23 straight seasons in the NCAA tournament. And we're here to discuss about how we will get to a 24th. But before we start, I'll let Andrew talk. He seemed to be raising his hand quite a bit there. Very animated on what he has to say here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just wanted to talk talk to the uh, listeners for a quick second. First of all, on behalf of Henry and I, we want to apologize for taking a little break from podcasting. Henry said it was about 10 days, I believe so. And that's just because we've been pretty busy lately because our main high school sports season has started up. We both played baseball for our high schools. So we've been really busy with that, of course, work on top of that and just other extracurricular stuff going on and just other stuff going on in our lives right now. So it's just really hard to balance all of those and give you guys consistent podcasts. But we try to do our best and hopefully we won't be taking another 10 day break soon and give you guys more consistent podcasts. But we'll see what happens in the future. And that's all That's all I had to say, Henry. I know it's pretty passionate, but I just wanted to uh, get that out and let them know that we're back for now, but we'll see if we can start giving them more consistent podcasts because that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, Andrew, with that being said, let's start a podcast, you know, get into the main topic today. And we're going to be talking about how Michigan State, you know, their road to making it 24 straight NCAA tournament appearances. And I think this team I got a little more confidence in I mean, this team won't be as preseason, highly ranked preseason due to the fact that they weren't good last year. But I mean, I have more, I think this team will end up being better than last year's team. I mean, it's not that hard to do. You just don't, don't be a play-in team, make the tournament. You're, you're already better. You were already making steps forward. We're making, we're making it back to the promised land. So let's start off, you know, Michigan State was able to land a transfer out of the transfer portal. And this is, this is probably going to become a theme for Michigan State going forward. A lot of players could be transferring in. A lot of players could be transferring out. And with that being said, Michigan State was able to land Tyson Walker, point guard from Northeastern. He was a CAA Defensive Player of the Year. Averaged 18.4 points, I believe, for Northeastern and is a huge pickup, especially at a position of need for Michigan State at point guard. I mean, you could argue that there's there's options there. I, I was pretty confident going into next year with the options we had, but it's always good to have a guy like this a guy who could play defense. I don't know if he's a great defender at the Big Ten level, but I like to pick up. I think it's a great idea to have leadership at the point guard position, have an experienced guy, have a guy who can play defense, make plays. It just seemed like all around that this was kind of a lock to happen, that Michigan State was going to go try and pick up a point guard from the portal. Yeah, and it was definitely a position of need, like you said. We were struggling all last year at the point guard spot, and – we tried converting Rocket Watts over to point guard and with the shortened off season and not being able to get into the gyms because, because of COVID last season, we weren't exactly able to help Watts in any way into converting into the point guard that we wanted him to be. 
and the point guard spot was just so inconsistent last year. Now we're finally picking up a veteran point guard and uh, upperclassman, a guy who's proven. I don't know. I mean, he hasn't proven himself in Big Ten play, but in in uh, his respective conference, I mean, he was one of the best players, one of the top transfers available for uh, this year. So I think it was a great pickup. Like I said, probably one of the better overall transfers in the entire portal, but especially for the position that he's going to be filling for this Michigan State team at point guard, probably Michigan State's top target that they were looking at, and they they secured him. And this guy is an all-around player, and he will definitely help out Michigan State. Just the fact that he can control the pace of the game, and he's an incredible defender winning the, the defensive player of the year in his conference last season. So he just expect him to be an all-around player because not only did he win defensive player of the year, but he also averaged 18 points per game, which is pretty good. So he'll be a great all-around player and he'll, he'll really help this team because like we said, it was a position in need. We, I can't say desperately because I, although the, the point guard position wasn't great by any means last year, we're bringing in some good guys who can play the guard spot uh, this year in our recruit in our uh, 2020 recruiting class, but we'll we'll get into that or 20 2021 recruiting class, but but we'll get into that and later. But like I said, last year was not a great uh, point guard team. Like the or just point guard spot was not great. This year we're bringing in Tyson Walker, so it should be pretty good. Tyson Walker, I like him a lot as a player, and he'll he'll fill in that point guard spot great. Yeah, Andrew, Michigan State, unfortunately, did lose three players to the transfer portal, two, two of which have committed in Jack Hoiberg to uh, UT Arlington and Thomas Kithier to Valpo, Valparaiso, however you want to say. And also the biggest loss, you could say, in terms of losing guys to the transfer portal, Rocket Watts has yet to make a decision, but he is rumored to have been leaning towards schools like Florida State, Louisville, Xavier, LSU. He's recently picked up some interest from Kentucky, which would be quite interesting to say the least. But Andrew, I mean, what are your thoughts on these guys leaving Michigan State? Well, here are my thoughts, and I'll I'll go down the list. Thomas Kithier, it was expected, was not picking up much playing time, Uh, was a four-star coming out of high school, and – just the forward spot at Michigan State was way too crowded. And, yeah. <laughs> and the, the the forward spot at, at in Michigan State was way, way too crowded. And someone had to leave. I mean, it was almost ine- inevitable. Someone had to leave. And Thomas Kithier was the guy. He felt like it was best to go elsewhere. And I truly believe it was best for him to go elsewhere. If he was looking to get more playing time, I just don't think it was going to happen at Michigan State. You saw it towards the end of the season. He was just not picking up playing time. So it's good that he's going to a school where he'll be able to get that playing time because I truly think he'll he'll perform better there and have more opportunity. Jack Hoiberg, this one kind of caught me off guard because I, I didn't think he was too serious about playing basketball at like the next level. I thought he just wanted to be a part of the Michigan State basketball program and be a part of a great program in what Michigan State is. But apparently he, he wants to uh, get playing time at the D1 level, and that's exactly what this move was, just to be able to go somewhere where he has an opportunity to get playing time, kind of similar to what Thomas Kithier 
did, I would say, but just I, Jack Hoiberg isn't your typical uh, starting guard, I would say, at the D1 level. I mean, he's 5'10", I would say, and not the strongest of 5'10 players. Barely had any opportunity to play at Michigan State just because of skill, uh, skill level-wise. So this one kind of caught me off guard. I did not expect him to go elsewhere and try to actually uh, get up or find an opportunity to play more minutes, especially for like a school. And this is no diss for UT Arlington, but I, UT Arlington isn't like a school that's competing for much aside from winning their respective conference, which would give them an NCAA tournament bid, but they're no powerhouse. They're not, they're not a great program compared to Michigan State by any means. So that, that one just caught me off guard. And Rocket Watts, I kind of saw this coming. That's just because Michigan State just wasn't the best fit for him. His freshman year looked great. It really looked like it was going well and that he was going to have a stellar sophomore season. It just did not work out for him. They tried, like I said earlier, they tried converting him to a different position. And with COVID and uh, the lack of being able to get into the gym, during the off season, it was hard for him to do so. He had struggles all season, very inconsistent shooter, uh, which he was the opposite of in his freshman season. He was great shooting the ball. So it just didn't feel like it was the right fit. He didn't really fit in the, uh, the new era, I would say of Tom Izzo in this uh, Michigan state program. He just, for the future, for, for the future of this team, he's just not a fit. We're bringing in, three very highly touted guards in our next recruiting class. And I think he would just get lost in all of it and he would have better opportunity going somewhere else. So that's exactly what he did. So yeah, that that's my rundown of those three transfers and what I thought about it. But Henry, what are your thoughts? It seemed inevitable for two of the three of them. Like you said, Kithier was going to be stuck in a log jam. Watts, like Kithier was going to be stuck in a log gym and I didn't see really a way where he was going to separate himself. And Hoiberg, like you said, caught me off guard. I didn't think he was a guy who was going to go search out for playing time. I didn't think that if he would transfer, he would go anywhere besides Nebraska to go play for his dad. But, you know, if things happen. He wants to play. I don't blame him. He's a good player. He'll succeed. I think at a D one level, he'll get his opportunity and he's a smart enough player. Will where he'll bring championship experience to a school like UT Arlington. And I think he'll make a big impact there. And for Thomas Kithier, I, I, I don't know what to expect for him at Valpo. I, I genuinely don't. He's, he's Thomas Kithier. So he, he may, he could average 35 or he might not play. So it's, it's going to be a long road for Thomas Kithier to see what happens with him. But, you know, Andrew, moving on now, to the incoming class at Michigan State. And this is going to be arguably the most hyped class at Michigan State coming in since at least 2016, if not ever. And it's headlined obviously by five-star Max Christie and obviously another player, you know, we're bringing Keon Coleman, the, the dual sport athlete, as well as Jay Nankins repping the hometown city from Farmington, Michigan a four-star guard that also played at Sunrise Christian this year, and Pierre Brooks, uh, another four-star, probably the best player, won one, one Mr. Basketball in Michigan over Kobe Bufkin, the All-American. Um, with that, But with that being said, I mean, Michigan State brings in a hell of a class this year. And then, like I said, the underrated parts of this class being Keon Coleman, who 
depending on how long football season lasts, we hope it lasts until mid January, but we're, if we're being real here, it probably won't be lasting till mid January. Um, so he'll be on the team as a walk on in terms of in basketball terms. So, I mean, I, I think he'll eventually get a chance to show what he can do. Obviously. I mean, that's always how it happens at Michigan state. You'll have your opportunity to show what you can do and whether he show shows that he's going to be a big time player for Michigan state is yet to be seen, but it'll be interesting to see what we get from this class. As I know, as you are, Andrew, I'm very excited for this class coming in. Yeah, I, I I'm very excited too. And I just want to run down the guys, Max Christie. He's the five-star. He's the, he headlines this class. He is the best player coming into Michigan state from this 2021 recruiting class. He's just an all around player. He can do it uh, for you on both ends. Uh, Jaden Aikens, just an athletic freak. He can do anything. He can, he's just, he's just very athletic and he can do anything for you with that athleticism. I know his skill set might not be at this level yet, but he kind of reminds me of like a Russell Westbrook type player just because of his athletic ability. Pierre Brooks is just, his game is complete. I, I, I'm not saying he can't play early on the offensive end. He can put it in the basket any way you want him to. He, he won Mr. Basketball in the state of Michigan and just lit teams up his senior year, all year this year. It's just an incredible score. And Keon Coleman, man was putting up quadruple doubles this season and he, he's and people say, tell me he's a better football player which he probably is better football player than basketball player but it's hard to believe that when this man's putting up quadruple doubles in, in high school basketball games that is just insane and although he's coming on as a walk-on he is not your average walk-on so that's just just look out for Keon Coleman I'm not saying he's going to be starting for this team but I'm saying he's just not your average walk-on. I mean, not many walk-ons for basketball are averaging quadruple, or not averaging, but putting up quadruple doubles in high school games. It's just not typical. So Keon Coleman will be fun to watch, not only for basketball, but for football too. But of course, we're focusing on Michigan State basketball. So just underrated guy in this class is Keon Coleman, although he doesn't have a scholarship in basketball. All right, Andrew. I think everyone listening to this podcast knew it was going to come. We're here, obviously, I mean, there is a big cloud just circling over Michigan State basketball this year. And the difference between between them being one of the favorites next year and them being another one of just the Michigan State really good teams. Obviously, we expect Michigan State to bounce back and be a top 25 team for majority of the year next year. Whether they're a top five team probably depends on if this guy decides to uh, – join make make the announcement and join Michigan State next year and obviously everyone knows who we're talking about that's Amoni Bates Amani Bates however you want to say Amani Bates however you want to say it. you don't have to pronounce that guy's name correctly just call him the next KD that's what is that's that's what you can't pronounce that wrong the next KD that's all you need to say and Andrew I know you're very adamant on the fact that you don't believe he's coming I'm very adamant on the fact I think he is coming I mean, we, we know this is a big cloud hanging over Michigan State. So give us your thoughts on this, Andrew. All right. My, my thoughts are pretty simple. And first of all, I'll start off with this. Michigan State is I, – I, if he's coming, I don't think it will be this year. And I'd be shocked if he – because at that point, 
it's just I don't I don't think it'll be worth it for him to come to college. But anyway, I'm starting off with this. Tom Izzo, I don't think, and this coaching staff, I don't think they they won they won roster spot open at this time. And Tom Izzo and this coaching staff have one roster spot open. And I don't think they want to wait on Amani Bates to make his decision on whether or not he's coming and wait all the way until the summer to figure out whether or not he's actually coming to Michigan State this year, or they can use that extra spot to possibly get another top tier guy in the transfer portal. So that's up to them. Do, are they that confident that they want to wait and on a possible Amani Bates decision on, on possibly reclassing and coming this year? Or would they rather take their chances in the transfer portal, take a guaranteed guy that's going to be a very solid piece and move on? And maybe Amani Bates won't come for now or at all. I think Tom Izzo and the staff are leaning towards uh, pay, picking up a guy in the transfer portal, a guaranteed guy that will make an instant impact for this team. Not saying Amani Bates wouldn't make an instant impact, but at this point in time, he's an unknown on whether or not he's coming, although he is committed. That's the route I think Michigan State will go. So if you're asking me if Imani Bates is coming, I don't think it will be this year. And if it's not this year, I don't think he'll he'll come because by the time it's 2022 and that rolls around, I don't think it'll be worth it. Because yeah, I, I just don't I just don't think it'll be worth it for him. So if he's not coming this year, I don't think he's coming at all. And that's up to the coaching staff whether they want to wait on a possible Imani Bates decision with that one open roster spot or if they want to uh, take the guaranteed guy in the transfer portal that will make an instant impact for this team and bring veteran leadership and upperclassmen leadership. I think that's what they're going to do. But, of course, there is still the possibility that Imani Bates decides to come and reclasses. But, like I said, I don't think that will be the case. And I believe with that extra roster spot, they'll take a guy in the transfer portal portal that will make an instant impact on this team. All right, Dan. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my my bold side to this. I, I think he's coming, but don't let's let's not even like hide it here. I I think he's coming this year. First of all, in response, to, obviously, yes, I understand, Andrew. You want him to come. I mean, this isn't like a thing where I know you don't want him to come. But first of all, if he wants to come this year. I don't think a roster spot being there is going to be a problem. I, I think if he really wants to come, Imani Bates is going to be there. Someone will be gone. They, they could add four more transfers, and if Imani Bates wants to come, they'll just kick off four guys off the roster and take Imani Bates. That's not my problem. That's not the huge argument here for me. First of all, there's no benefit for him to go play another year of high school basketball. He is that much better than just about everyone else in high school basketball. That There's no reason. The only guy that is possibly better than him right now in high school basketball is Chet Holmgren. And Chet Holmgren's like a one-of-a-kind type of player. So, and Amadi Bates is not necessarily one-of-a-kind because he's already uh, the second coming of a player in the NBA right now. Uh, secondly, to all you G League believers, first of all, he can't go to the G League until he plays a senior year of high school. Going back to my other point, it doesn't benefit him to play another year of high school basketball. And even then, it's not like he needs it for the money. He's not getting exposure in the G League. 
he'll get NBA experience, but does that guy really need like NBA experiments, experiment, ex, experience? I mean, you could have like the only difference is there's guys that are six, six guarding him and he has to shoot over guys with a little bit longer arms. He can just shoot right over him. It's the same thing. He's not, he, there's, there's really no difference. Like, I genuinely think that there's no benefit to him doing anything else unless he wants to go overseas. But in a time like this, I don't know why he'd go play overseas. It just doesn't seem like the greatest idea. I think it just, it seems so like Michigan State seems like almost like when you narrow it down and really think about it, it seems like the only option to me. Obviously, we know it's not the only option. I think it's the only option though for for if you're for Moni Bates. Henry, there there is one there's one route where I think you, you are just missing. And you said, I don't think there are any other routes that are realistic that he should do than go to Michigan State. And I'm not saying I want this to happen because I am a Michigan State fan at heart and I hope that he does come to Michigan State. But Amani Bates and his family have always been independent people. And one route that is very independent that we've seen some NBA prospects do is train on their own. And going back to the independent part, he has his own AAU team. He has his own high school prep team. What, what makes you think that he might not just go on his own and train, especially, and that's if he doesn't reclassify and come to college ne- next year or, or this upcoming year, I should say. So that, that's just my thinking. Then that's one possibility that you did miss. And that was possibly training on his own just because he's so independent. Why risk injury playing uh, at Michigan State, playing at in the G League, just possibility if he stays uh, until, his, uh, until his 2022 year and graduates high school on time? Why would he risk injury in the G League, Michigan State, going overseas, playing professional? Why would he risk injury when he can train on his own and NBA uh, GMs will still pick him number one when he's uh, eligible for the draft because everyone knows he's the next coming of KD. Like you said, everyone knows he's a one in a lifetime, almost type of prospect once in a generation type of prospect. Why risk injury playing somewhere else or why waste your time almost when you can just practice on your own who knows, maybe even make your own training facility at this point because they've already made their own AU team and prep uh, high school team. Just make your own training facility now and just do your own thing. I wouldn't put that past them. And as of right now, I honestly predict that, and this is a bold prediction, I would say, but I predict that's the route he's going to go. I I don't think he's going to go to the G League. I don't think he's going to go professional. And to be honest, I don't think he's going to come to Michigan State. I think he'll train on his own. And we've seen plenty of uh, NBA prospects actually go this route and it to work out for them. So especially with a guy at this level where he's on notice of already on notice of NBA GMs, scouts, even players in the league know about him and know how good of a player he is. He can play in the NBA right now and he would still average, I I believe, 20 points per game. So why why do you need to come to college? That's actually the question I have for you, Henry. 
why does he need to come to college? Because he doesn't need it to improve his draft stock by any means or get much better. I mean, the skill set is there. And of course, Tom Izzo and the coaching staff at Michigan State can help develop him more. But I think he, he, he could also have the thought process of, well, I could just develop on my own. Why do I need to attend school at or college? I mean, I'm going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft once I'm eligible. I don't need an education as of right now. I'm going to make all the money in the world, all the money that I need. I don't need an education. I don't need to waste my time. And I'm not saying it's a total waste coming to Michigan State. I don't need to waste my time at Michigan State when I can just train on my own. Why would he or should he come to Michigan State compared to training on his own or just going professional or G League route? Well, talking about training on your own, that would mean he'd play another year of high school or train two years on your own. And training two years on your own is pretty damn stupid. I I think you would agree. Training, yeah, that would mean he would stay – another year in high school, which I think benefits him even less than going to Michigan State. Going to Michigan State, I, I agree with you. It doesn't like – if there's no, like, super big benefit to him, like like from a skill set-wise, from NBA draft stock-wise. But the huge thing is he's going to get to play with his friends. He's going to get to play at a higher level than – I mean, he, he won't come – like, he's not going to come into college and just dominate. He, he's – He's better made for the pro game right now than he is for the college game. I mean, that, that's that's pretty damn clear. He's a one-on-one ISO player who just will go out and shoot over you, and that's just not how college basketball is ran, especially at Michigan State. But it's not really for him as, like, a basketball player. It's more for him as a man. And I know you, you're, you, you've you heard this, oh, we need, like, blah, blah, blah. He needs to be t- made into a man. I mean, Amoni Bates isn't, like, the most kind and selfless person to, to put it like respectfully. And if there's one thing that Tom Izzo could teach him in a full year playing at Michigan state, that would, that would be it. Selflessness and respect and generosity and things like that. Amoni Bates will learn more about being a man from a year with Amoni Bate with, from a year with Tom Izzo than he will in his entire career in the NBA. So that, that that's the main reason. He also gets to play with his longtime friends. I mean, he's he, we all know that he's like really, really good friends with Gabe Brown. And this is was one opportunity to go play with Gabe Brown for a year. Because I don't think Gabe Brown will end up using that fifth year of eligibility he could use due to the COVID. But I mean, I, I think that there's just really no benefit for him of coming back to high school. Obviously the G League, he'd have to wait another year. I just think that playing another year in high school, which is really what he would have to do unless he were to go overseas, I, I ultimately just think he ends up in Michigan State. I don't know why. This is just a weird gut feeling. It's going to be later rather than sooner. Like you usually, oh, sooner rather than later. Like that doesn't exist for Amoni Bates. Like it's it's going to be later rather than sooner. Someone's going to get someone. Something's going to happen to some of the, some of the players. There, something's just going to happen over the summer, and eventually Amoni Bates. We'll make his decision. He'll announce his, his decision to attend Michigan State in 2020 run. He'll enroll. He's he's he graduated, Andrew. That that's another thing. He's already graduated. Like he he's finished all his high school requirements. You don't do that if you don't plan on like leaving early. Like there's no reason a guy like that. Like he's not like an, he's a he's a relatively smart kid. But you don't graduate early if you don't have any intentions of like not being there for a senior year. So whether or not he like 
go somewhere else. I don't think he's at AFC prep or anywhere, any high school. I don't think he's taking high school classes next year. I will tell you that for sure. I, I, here's, here's what I have to say though. So what you're trying to say is, is that the, the reason to come to Michigan state is not only to develop as a player more is just to, to develop as a man. And you think Thomas and the coaching staff can do that for him. And it'll be really good developmental years for him in his future career. Me personally, I don't think he's thinking about, about that. I'm sure it crosses his mind, but, and I, I'm not saying it. I'm no, I, don't think, I don't think he cares. I, I genuinely yeah, don't think he cares. That's not something that he's bringing upon himself. That's something his dad or, his, or the coaching staff is. Cause obviously I, they're not begging for him to come, but if they're trying to justify a reason for him to come, that's what they're doing. I don't think they're like going, I don't think Izzo's going out of his way to like call Moni Bates every day and ask, are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? I think that's not something they're going to do. But like if, when they do the, the, the times that they do talk to him and they're trying to justify for him to come this year. So I don't think they're like, they, they want him. Like if they had, if they had a choice, I don't think they want him to stay in the 2022 class. Like Tom is not an idiot. So if they're going to use like a pitching point to him, that's the big thing. Right. And, and I, I agree with you on that. But I, I just don't think that it makes much sense. And here, here's my closing statement. Here, here's why I think the main reason why he's not going to come and that it doesn't make much sense to him. He, he, is, he has nothing to prove. He has nothing to prove by coming to Michigan State. And at the end of the day, it will come down to whether he takes that into account, what you just said, and how this could help me develop not only as a player, but as a man. And if he takes that into account, sure, he, he might come, but I just don't think that's going to be, they're going to impact his final decision. Therefore, I don't think he'll attend Michigan state and go on his own route. And me personally, I think that own route will be training on his own. And, but not only that, I, I, I just think the main reason Getting back to the main reason why I don't think Imani Bates will attend Michigan State will be he has nothing to prove. If he comes and plays at Michigan State, he the only thing he can do is hurt his draft stock. He's not going up because right now he's he's projected number one and in his whenever he's getting drafted. He he would there were debates saying that Imani Bates would be the number one pick in this pass in the 2020 draft. As a, as a junior in high school, I mean, it's ridiculous. He he's not going. His draft stock's not going any more up. So what happens? He comes to Michigan State. Let's say he somehow performs bad. Well, now his draft stock just—I can't say tanked, but it just hurt it more. Oh, it goes from number one to number one. It, it's like no. it's like no, no, no. So this is what I'm saying. When Michigan lost to Illinois, like. Like, I mean, this is kind of like what it was when Michigan got blown out by 30 by to Illinois, like Michigan dropped from number one in the big 10 standings to number one in the big 10 standings. You can perform bad. Like you can, they lost by 30 to a team without their best player at, at home. Like, and they dropped from number one to number one. Amoni Bates stock is so established right now. That like the guy would have to tear his ace, tear both ACLs, and the what the few game he would have to play a few games before that, make like three total shots, and he'd still probably be the number one pick in the draft. Like he doesn't like 
he's like I there's no one on his level. Like he's so much farther ahead of everyone. Like in every other like recruiting class, you see the number one player shifting. He has been the number one player in his class since he was like seventh in seventh grade. That is ridiculous, Andrew. Like that doesn't that doesn't happen. His draft stock is fine. Like I don't I'm that's not I think something he's probably thinking about. Just like he's not thinking about becoming a man when he comes to Michigan State. Well, you just mentioned something else. What happens if he tears both of his ACLs? I know that's very extreme, but what happens if he tears both of his ACLs? What happens? Both your ACLs training by yourself too. I mean, you ask Clay Thompson. Yeah, no, but that, that that's much different than in-game situations and just playing in games full speed. You're not training at full speed, not playing full speed every single day. Uh, if you're not training at full speed, why are you training? Well, training's more individual just to help help yourself. Still going at full speed. I mean, Clay Thompson was training and he tore his Achilles. So, I mean, that's that. That's not, I mean, I don't think, it, that's not something he should think. If you're worrying about getting injured, you should just not be playing back. Well, of course, at that point, it's just being paranoid. But it, you always have to take it count and when you're that good there's just some things you might not want to risk and playing at Michigan State playing a full 30 plus game schedule maybe that's not what you want to do especially with you already being an established number one pick like I said what do you have to gain what and I know we already talked about this but there's not much to gain from going there and you even said it yourself to be honest you said this is this is your words to be honest there isn't too much upside and I know there is that little upside there isn't too much upside there. And I think we can both agree on that. So at the end of the day, it, it will just be, is it worth it? That, that's the final question. Is it worth it? What, what do they have to offer for me that will be better than what I can do going my own separate path? At the end of the day, that, that's what it is. And everyone else can decide what that is, what Michigan State can provi- provide for him. I just don't think it will be worth it. But if if there if Michigan State is a solid case, they can they can present to him on why it is worth coming, and he truly believes that he'll come. But if he just thinks that, Mich- like respectfully, of course, Michigan State isn't worth my time on the course on the trajectory that I'm at and that I'm striving for in my career. I just don't think Michigan State makes sense for me during this time. He won't come. At the end of the day, that's what it's that's what the deciding factor is. If Michigan State is enough to offer him to have him come for a year and for it to him to actually gain something out of it. Because like we said, coming to Michigan State won't improve his draft stock because you can't go higher than one. And right now he is at one. And I mean, we all know he's a good player, but of course, there there comes to a factor where he, he's a little raw. I would say he's a pretty raw player. Just the fact that there's a lot of untapped potential within him and Tom Izzo could bring that out in him and make him and develop him into an even better player that some other uh, coaches or what he's training on his own can't do for him. There's pros and cons to each side. Like I said, the final deciding factor will be if Michigan state can bring enough to the table and present him a good case on why he should come and if there's enough there for him to actually gain stuff and gain just things out of coming to Michigan State for a season. Of course, it wouldn't be more than a season just because he's he's going to go number one in the draft, whether he has the worst season. But actually, one, one last thing 
I want I want to say, and then and then we can be done talking about this, Henry. But you you look at a situation like Greg Brown, and I know this is kind of different, but because Greg Brown was much less of, of a good player than what Amani Bates is. Amani Bates is one of the best high school players we've ever seen at this level. And Greg Brown was just probably your average athletic five-star recruit coming out of high school. But Greg Brown went to Texas this year, uh, University of Texas, very highly touted five-star recruit coming out of the 2020 class. And he just performed awfully all year, was not showed very little bright spots in his game when he was considered a for sure lottery pick coming out of high school. One year coming to college could do that to you, could totally tank your draft stock. Now he's probably looking at a late first round maybe mid first round when he was projected a lottery lock in the, in the 2021 draft. Now he'll probably be a mid to late first rounder. That's just how much one bad year in college can do to your draft stock. And I know this is kind of a much different situation since Amani Bates is just the clear number one selection. And I don't know if he, he can, even with a poor college season, if he can go lower than number one, but you, you never know. And that brings in the factor of the unknown. What if he does just do awful? Like he starts, but only averages like six, five points a game, six points a game. And he's just awful. You never know. And I, I truly don't think that'd be the case, but it's just the unknown, the factor of the unknown that just always scares people. Maybe he's, I mean, you always have to keep that into account. The factor of the unknown. What if it's the, what if situations, and if those outweigh the gains, that if those out if the what ifs, if the factor of the unknown outweighs the gains, the possible gains from coming to Michigan State, I don't think he'll come. And right now, if I'm being honest, and this is the true reason why I don't think he's coming, I think they do. I think they do outweigh the gains, the possible gains of from coming to Michigan State. So I truly don't think Amani Bates will come to Michigan State, and, and that is why. I mean, we've been trying to come up with so many justifiables here, and there's there's one thing that we haven't even discussed. Like, what if the kid simply just wants to play college basketball? Like, there's some kids that just, like, want to play college basketball, whether it's for one year, whether it's for four. Like, who knows? Like, I mean, obviously, Michigan State was his dream school. I mean, it's clear. He wouldn't have committed to Michigan State if it wasn't his dream school. It's been his like the school he's been attached to since he was in what third grade. So it seems like, it seems like he's been recruited since he was like the day he was born. I mean, at the end of the day, like if the kid wants to come to college and wants to live the college experience, wants to play college basketball, that's something we haven't even talked about, whether that's a true option, we don't know. But I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to discuss here. And we probably didn't even get through about half of, what we wanted to talk about in terms of Amoni Bates. But with that being said, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's pretty late, Andrew. So I think this would be a good time to wrap up today's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you did enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.